Now, I apologize. I haven't been doing um, any podcasts because I've been busy studying. I'm in a couple year-long courses. Um, I mean, I did probably close to a dozen mindful meditation-based courses. And if you've been following along my podcast, you know I've been studying this for a lifetime. Come to a conclusion. I've done the podcast about faith, Shada, Shraddha, before. I can't express how important it is. I can't express it enough. In fact, I've come to the conclusion that um, the only thing I don't have faith in is Buddhists. And maybe even Buddhism. No longer using these labels because, as example, I'm in a year-long course. We're supposed to uh, get together as students and organize what they call a home group so that we can support each other, kind of like a sangha or, you know, um, good friends uh, as part of the Eightfold Step. Uh, right, right view, right intention, but uh, subparts of that is understanding karma, kama, and, um, you know, keeping good friendships, skillful friendships. Well, they've taken three months to finally uh, decide when to get together, except this hour-long meeting last night was actually just to get together to figure out when to get together. It devolved a touch into a, a silly little chat. Again, they haven't decided on the next appointment. A little thrown by it being near Christmas. I kind of chuckled to myself. A bunch of, remember, these are advanced practitioners, 10 years or more. Um... They're worried about whether the 21st or 23rd is too close to Christmas. Same as this week. It's advanced uh, sitters. Uh, they have canceled this week's hour-long discussion, as if it would really be that difficult, uh, because it is a couple days before Thanksgiving. Once again, where is this faith, this devotion? It is absent. In fact, two-sided, right? I have uh, the Bhagavad Gita here. Um, and uh, Ek, well, let me get this right, Eknath Eshwaran, I'm terrible with names. He talks about Shraddha, or faith, commitment, devotion. Shraddha, he says it's an untranslatable concept. I've talked about this before. It's only untranslatable because here in the West, we are so flippant with our faith. And that's the example I'll give. So this group that just couldn't get together, uh, one of the individuals started talking about how, well, their vipassana practice just wasn't cutting it. So they're really, really chuffed about this new shamatha practice that someone had introduced to them. But then she goes on, when asked to explain it further, talks about concentration practice, and then goes further to say concentration practice is shutting out all of your insight. And so, oh, an emotion comes up. No, shut it out. Not now, not now and gives examples of at least three or four different teachers. And so I asked, like, what are you being taught? Is it Theravadin? Because Vipassana and Shamatha are two sides of the coin. You need to use calm and insight. And I even explained, what are we using insight for? To delve. This is really what we've been learning in this class, to delve into uh, the 12-step of dependent origination or dependent arising. Or... I explain all this, and they're just, they're silent, right? Because this one here is a, a meditation teacher 
doesn't even understand the most basic concepts. This is at the same time that another student is saying, well, you know, I'm really enjoying bringing this into my life. And they're talking about how the senses are coming in and it's so, so much trouble for them. And I just want to read. Thus, it says, um, Shraddha is not brute determination or wishful thinking, right? Faith is devotion uh, and commitment and faith in the prescription. And he quotes St. John of the Cross. We live in what we love. This is our world. Our lives are eloquent expressions of our belief or lack of commitment. As I've mentioned before, I am constantly hearing people when their practice is failing, their teachers telling them, Buddhists, mind you, teachers telling them to take up this yoga or that yoga. And Eknash goes on and says, What we deem worth having, doing, attaining, being, what we strive for shows that we value what we value. We back our shraddha with our time, our energy, our very lives. He goes on and says, Thus, shraddha determines destiny. As the Buddha puts it, All that we are is the result of what we thought. We are made of our thoughts, we are molded by our thoughts. Thus, as we think, so we become. I'll go one step further, and we are nothing but our thoughts. These are all hallucinations that we sit around and discuss. The sense doors that we're trying to shut are not outside, they're inside. And he goes on, This is true not only for, of individuals, but of societies, institutions, and civilizations. According to the dominant ideas that shape their actions, faith in technology, for example, is part of the Shraddha of modern civilization. And I would go one step further and say this tragic faith in the consumption-based economy. And he goes on again and says, Right Shraddha, according to the Gita, is faith in spiritual laws, in the unity of life, equanimity. Uh, spiritual laws being, right, the self is not the center, impermanence, uh, you know, uh, the nature of our reality. Uh, he goes on and says, the presence of divinity in every person. And again, I would consider that uh, metta, compassion, and upaka, equanimity. Heck, let's throw in modita. <laughs> Right? Because think about it. If you, modite is one we don't talk a lot about, but it's the idea of having joy for someone else. Right? There's nothing in it for you, just loving their joy of life. And he goes on and says, um, it's the essential spiritual nature of the human being. Wrong, Shraddha, is not necessarily morally wrong, merely ignorant. We've talked about this first, uh, well, before. The three poisons. Right? Ignorance, aversion, attachment. Right? Ignorance can be delusion, it can be there's there's different definitions, different translations. It's it's important in English that we uh, we use multiple words sometimes. And he goes on and says, It means believing that there is no more to life than physical existence. We've talked about this, these people who believe in piety, predestiny, determinism, uh, 
uh, like the Ajivakans, right, who believed didn't matter what you do or said, no influence. This is the opposite now. We're talking about karma yoga. We're talking about action, consequence, right, bringing good into this world with selfless acts. And he goes on and says, uh, the belief that the human being is only a biochemical entity, that happiness can be God by pursuing private interests and ignoring the rest of life. Again, we're talking equanimity here. Such beliefs are misplaced. We have attached our shraddha to beliefs that life cannot bear out. Right? I've talked about that, like this consumption-based economy. If we're constantly chasing after a better car, a better house, a better job, a better everything, when do we ever stop and realize that it's... it's it's a rat in a maze, and we've seen the outcome of the uh, rat utopia experiment. They didn't want to be happy. That's why, once again, I say consciousness is a construct. It's a construct mandated by humanity. Without it, we would go mad. So, on that note, I'll leave it and just say, who else is with me? I'm done with the labels. Uh, just like Gandhi, I'm just following the Gita I'm following the prescription of uh, Buddhism. I'm ignoring ego uh, and uh, individuals.